Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. My name is Matt Bark, I'm a Features Editor Campaign and you're listening to the first of our new second weekly podcast. We're going to be bringing you a quickish news-based roundup and review of what's been happening over the previous week and what's to come over the coming days. We're aiming to have this second edition out every Tuesday morning with the Thursday morning podcast, sometimes a Friday, featuring more on deeper dives, interviews, discussions around specific topics, etc. So you'll be hearing at least twice a week from us here on in, once on a Tuesday, once on a Thursday. And it gives me great pleasure to announce that joining me today on this historical occasion <laughs> is campaign media editor Bo Jackson and reporter Shauna Lewis. Hello, Bo. Hello, Matt. And hello, Shauna. Hi, Matt. How were your weekends? We're good. Me, <laughs> me and Bo have <laughs> taken good. up. Yeah, really good. Uh, me and Bo have taken up yoga. Not together. We have so then. We're very relaxed. You're looking very relaxed. Thank you. Sitting cross-legged. Yeah, yeah you're doing the yoga exactly pose there. Pose right right the right just <laughs> yeah. carrying it on Manners. through. With my mucky trainers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have a good one, Bo? Yeah, no, it was great. Other than the Zen yoga, I also bought a... A smart plug. Oh, so tell I us can more. Now turn on my lamp without moving from my phone. It's isn't incredible. It isn't it's it good incredible. we're doing two podcasts now? People need to know these things. The modern world, eh? Now, looking back at last week, there were quite a few things happening. Not least the news of production company Coffee and TV has sold a majority stake to Omnicom as it eyes expansion into the US. The plan is for it to remain an indie rather than an in-house as part of Omnicom. But the big thing is that we're opening up two new studios, both stateside, one in New York, the other in LA. This all sounds very exciting, doesn't it, Bo? It does, yeah. I think the feeling is that with the backing of Omnicom, I think it'll be exciting to see them expand in the States. I guess the other question is whether not having them as an in-house agency, but staying as an indie, what does it mean their own by Omnicom about other agencies working with them. Is, mm. is that going to be? Because it's kind of like a phantom indie, isn't it? This happens a lot in music as well. It's been indie, indie labels that weren't really indie labels because they were owned by EMI or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a, a bit like it's, that. It's whether it matters or not, I guess. Yeah, ultimately. But as you say, it's, it's whether it affects come pitching time or whatever. Is it also a sign of UK creativity continuing to, to make waves beyond these shores? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that that's... That's the hope for it, and I think it's going to be exciting to see them expand. I think also as well, like, it's cheaper for Omnicom as well. I don't know if it's cheaper. I don't know if that's the right phrasing. But in terms of when you usually try and get creative services from an agency, they then have to, like, outsource their production to another company. So by having that in-house, it makes it cheaper for clients. I don't think cheaper for Omnicom is the right phrasing, but... It just makes it a lot smoother of a process. And then also it's more security for coffee and TV. So like I think having talked to like some agencies this year, like production companies were having quite a lot of, not insecurity, like instability mm. last year because as like there's kind of economic like issues, like clients are booking stuff later and later and later because they're seeing what their budgets are like. And so production companies were having a lot more instability. So with the backing of like, huge company like Omnicom it means more security for coffee and tv which hopefully means they can be more you know adventurous and things like that as well yeah yeah here's hoping yeah it's interesting you mentioned money because obviously I mean I don't know I'm saying obviously I've heard I'm sure listeners can you know can, can back this up but there was this idea that UK talent is a lot more attractive to the US at the moment because the pound's so free yeah so things are cheaper yeah for sort of bringing people in from over in the states but it's obviously because we're so 
dang talented. Because we're so <laughs> good. That's what it's about. <laughs> now, Bo, you've been writing about Googling cookies. What's the latest? Yeah, there? so it's um, the Competition and Markets Authority has been looking into the Google Privacy Sandbox since its development and kind of inception, I guess, maybe three, four years ago. And its latest update has basically come with a whole list of things that it wants Google to do before it fully phases out third-party cookies from Chrome, which is it's targeted to do by the end of this year. I think around the summer it said it's going to do it for all users by then. But kind of the reaction has been from some in the industry is that it will take a lot longer to resolve the issues that the CMA has brought up than what Google expects it to take so that maybe there'll be a delay don't don't really know at this stage the competition and markets are actually not saying it's not possible to carry on it's just saying we have to look at, at these kind of things first like such as details of its tools and stuff just to make sure that it doesn't favor Google in mm. how they make their tools and maybe getting a, another body involved so then to oversee yeah. how that's done yeah I think it might be like a relief for some people because obviously like with like third party cookies going people having to completely like change the way they do like mm-hmm. marketing like it's all going to become about like walled gardens and like having your own first party data so I'm sure some people are like welcoming the delay a little bit in yeah if there industry. is one if there is one it's not saying that there is one yet but yeah and I guess what's been happening in Adland is that they've been making their own solutions anyway and trying to I guess be prepared for it because the fact is is that it is gonna go yeah. either way but it just gives just them when. a bit more time to maybe. prepare maybe, yeah. maybe. I, I can't believe I missed out on a coffee and tv and, and google and cookies gag in there somewhere <laughs> but obviously they've all been done to death and, and we'll be getting onto the subject of naff humor in a minute Shauna you've also been writing a new story this one's about Amazon uh introducing a new ad tier actually I'm not allowed to say ad tier am I I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna get the lawyers on to me now but <laughs> Prime video ads, Matt. Right. Please have some respect. So, what do you want to know about it? What's going on? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. So, overnight, Amazon has converted all of its Prime users, or the ones that haven't opted out of it, into like ad tier um, users. So, and they're estimating that it's going to be more than 50 million active users per month. So, the number of people watching Amazon Prime with ads there is kind of going to be at the same numbers that that broadcasters such as ITV and Channel 4 have. Mm -hmm. So I've been chatting to like media buyers about the offering and they seem like quite excited about it, um, as excited as you can be about ad offerings. And just saying that it kind of puts them on the same like level playing field as like broadcasters and that broadcasters are kind of kind of have to step up their game because... Amazon has all of this data of like shopping and like, you know, the like spoons that you bought last week. And so it knows exactly who to target, like who's having a baby, who's, you know, preparing to move house and it can target really specifically. And broadcasters also offer that, but it's much more expensive because they have to outsource it to like third parties who have that kind of data about like which of their users are going through those life stages so it's got a lot of advantages and like one media buyer said to me like it's going to become like you know second on the list in terms of like who in terms of like the media plan and things like it's going to be quite disruptive if it proves that it can deliver within like the first few months and whatnot they called it kind of like the biggest thing to happen within connected tv within like the past four years so it's 
Quite a big deal. Yeah, sounds it. <laughs> well, absolutely sounds it. Other thing that happened this week, Mother invested in a sports and entertainment agency run deep, which describes itself as reflecting genuine fan culture. It's an agency that can guide brands by the hand through the various strands and layers of sports fandom. It's an interesting approach because normally what happens is there's a big sports event coming up. We've got the Olympics, got the Euros, uh, everything else. They'll sort of do this big blanket thing, won't yeah. they? Well, they'll, they'll sort of treat every fan as... As, as equal and, and you know, e- equally passionate or, or, or whatever. It sounds to me like this is going into more kind of niche audiences, which which I think is, as I say, an interesting approach. What what say you two? I think it's not new, and that isn't like a negative mm, thing. No, no. Yeah. It, like it's been done before. Like I think with, like I reported on like Cake being absorbed into Have Us Play like last year, and Cake was kind of built on like music festivals and targeting people at music festivals and that was like quite a specific Mm. niche to go after and it like found like a lot of success with that and I think it's just if you're going to engage with people who are already interested in what you're trying to advertise then you're obviously going to have a lot more success with that if that makes sense yeah yeah if it's going into niche fandoms as you're saying it looks like it might do there's just a huge opportunity here because you like look at what happened with the darts championship yeah. earlier this yeah. year. And, like that was a really huge moment, obviously for for Sky and its advertising partners on that. And sports is just huge, and I think sometimes it really does just hit that moment and inspires people. And to be able to put brands front and center of that, I think, could be it's exciting for them. Now, on the subject of sport, next weekend is, of course, Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going 49ers. I know a lot of people are talking about the Chiefs, got Patrick Mahomes, Celtic. Oh, you're mouthing the words to me. Talk about the ads, you idiot, aren't you, Sean? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so always an intriguing barometer of creativity and messaging on both sides of the Atlantic. We've seen a few ads already. Patrick Stewart for Paramount Plus has a lot of fans. But what are you both thinking we're going to see any sort of patterns emerging? Well, uh, off the pitch. <laughs> I did not know any of those words. 49ers, <laughs> I was like, what's that? <laughs> it's named after the bus route. Uh, it's not. It's <laughs> I think, and we've been talking about this like quite a lot at campaign, um, mm. but kind of like humour, well, hopefully, anyway, that and like kind of like being past the point of purpose, there's a lot of peas, and kind of going to that more like humorous area. And I think like... Obviously, we've had our Christmas, which is our version of the Super Bowl. And I think there was more humour in those those ads. But I think it's different in America to yeah. how they'll kind of address it and things. Yeah. I mean, it might not be our sense of humour. It'll be interesting to see how think, that trend goes. I think it's so hard to do well. What, humour? I'm trying to think of an advert that I actually find genuinely funny. <laughs> some of the ones I've seen... <laughs> this isn't the right no audience offense, for that. No but, offence, but, everyone. But some of the ones I've seen so far, and I know they kind of hold the big guns back a little bit and so on, but have you seen the Hellman's Mayo <laughs> I've cat? seen a... Yeah, I've seen a, Which a is clip just, of that. I mean, okay, yeah, Miel, Mayo. I think, I, again, listeners will know more than me, but there, there was a famous old ad man who died quite recently, and one of the lines he was most famous for, he had, he had to do an ad for a cat food company called Meow, I think. And his line was, it's it's the only food that cats ask for by name. <laughs> and that, and that, that was, is funny. And See, that was like in the go. 50s, 60s. So this this whole Meow yeah, thing, gone, I didn't find it. Sorry, I love Hellman's. Didn't find it. Other mayos are available. I, I, I didn't find it that good. Kawasaki Mullet, have you seen that I've one? not seen that, I've one. Seen that one. See, that's a bit... Mm. Is it mm? Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's it's not... It's not massively funny. So maybe there'll be some... I don't you know. know if it was... Is it playing on, like, going back to the 
the kind of old Super Bowl style ads because I've seen some of those that were like really like American Eagle driving a truck that whole yeah. thing I kind of want it's, that it's as well I kind of want that but, yeah and, but it's interesting you, because you know that's kind of that's almost like being back in a comfort zone isn't it it's mm. reliable and, and you know you can get a, you get a quick laugh out of it but I don't think they're necessarily as standalone ads they're just a bit mm. underwhelming mm. but as you say there, there's a lot more to come and and you can obviously um check in on campaign live because we'll have all the deets <laughs> as and when more than that actually um this time next week we'll have a super bowl review special with gurgit deegan so um, i look forward to that but before then bo will be interviewing ipa president josh kushdevsky and nab's chief exec sue todd to discuss issues around mental health so do listen out for that one if you'd like to learn more about what we'll be discussing today please visit our website campaignlive.co.uk Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Big thank you to Haymarket Studio Manager Nav Powell and to producer Till Owen. And also to you for listening, I hope you'll join us next time. On behalf of the campaign team, goodbye. Goodbye.